Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan, and welcome back to the Fandom Optimists. This is the show where we love stories, and we love when they bring us together. This week in fandom, Black Adam premiered in theaters, and I am joined this week by a very special guest, the Keen Machine himself, to talk about it with me. How are you doing today? Greetings. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great because I saw Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. What would you think of Black Adam in general? I guess I guess in case, dear listener, you are on the fence about seeing Black Adam, we'll we'll do like a minute or two of non-spoilers and then get into uh uh what's going on. What, what were your overall thoughts? Yeah, I think that this is I think it's a fun film. I I think this is a great low stakes, like low commitment kind of film that you can just go into and you can enjoy. You don't have to have all this background information that's so common for a lot of superhero films today you know like you don't have to have watched 14 other films <laughs> to, go watch, <laughs> yeah. to go watch black adam like it's all new characters being introduced um overall and if there are characters that are returning it's like you either probably know who they are or it's explained like it's it's understood who they are and it's not confusing so I, I think this is a great film for if you just want to like grab a friend and casually go to the movies or if you aren't that familiar with the DC universe, um, this is something that you can jump into and don't have to feel like you have to be a comic book expert or Yeah, this is equally enjoyable to comic book fans and just Dwayne Johnson fans who don't know anything about comic books. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it has The Rock in it. So if you're a Rock fan, then <laughs> it's It's got guaranteed. The Rock. One more, one more can I say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot more fun than I thought I was going to have just based on the reviews that I had been reading. I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised because I titled this show for a reason. Uh, I love stuff. So it's <laughs> it's not exactly shocking to me that I liked this movie, but I had more fun than I thought I was going to have. I was kind of expecting this to be a Venom or Venom 2 situation where I come out going, okay, I get how people are going to call this a bad movie, but damn it, I had fun anyway. Oh, okay. Um, but this, I walked out and I was like, no, that was great. I had I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's got uh, the kind of standard sort of weak CGI third act thing. Uh, yeah. The villain's <laughs> the least interesting part, but it doesn't matter because it's Dwayne Johnson being uh, awesome. And stuff, yeah, and so I think you're... Yeah, and it's... I think, yes, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, and I think that there's a fun, it's not like this super strong, amazing plot per se. I mean, it's an action film, right? Like that's yeah. that's what you go in. It's it's a Dwayne The Rock Johnson film. It's, it's an action film. That's what it is. It's fun. Um, and at the end of the day, there are a few twists and turns and fun things in the plot along the way that make it interesting enough to maintain your attention and also you know, explosions. So <laughs> <laughs> lots of explosions in this. Yeah. Uh, that's probably it for the, for the non spoilers. I think you should see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you don't care or you've seen it, uh, stick around because here come the uh, spoilers and um, just everything, man, everything, everything that Twain Johnson delivers <laughs> in this, every line is so good. He managed to be funnier than like most comic book movies to me by not really trying to be that funny. It's just by deadpan delivering all this stuff. Yeah, I think I think you can tell that he really enjoyed 
this character, this role. Like, I think that that seeps out a little bit and probably because it is so, uh, there's a lot of deadpan and it's a lot of that, like, you're different than his character is so like much more moody than everyone else. So like he kind of gets half fun with that. And I think that that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think that this, it is shocking how well the humor worked in this movie with him just saying stuff. Um, my favorite example is the catchphrase joke that pops yes. up throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, my favorite version of it, this is my favorite joke in this whole movie is when they did a double callback because the guy's screaming, you know, let me go or put me down. And he says, you should really be more careful with your word choice next time, referencing what the kid had told him earlier. Yes. And he drops the guy. And then I was laughing so hard, I almost missed the second joke where he then yells, tell them the man in black sent you. And he didn't get to finish his catchphrase because <laughs> the dude hits the ground yes. before he can finish it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love the <laughs> reoccurring theme there of like the catchphrasing and like taking uh, Amon's advice maybe a little more than he should because he's like, <laughs> what, a 12-year-old child? But um, but he's like listening to this kid and he's having an, influ- an influence on his behavior in a very hilarious way. And yeah, I love it. It was great. He is ridiculously charming in this. Um Gosh, I, I how much do you know about uh, Black Adam from the comics? Yeah, I'm not a big expert <laughs> or anything like that when it comes to this character. You know, um, we kind of both at being listeners on the Jump on the Batwagon uh, podcast. You know, I'm a Batman fan at heart. Like that's what oh, I yeah. grew up on. Is so DC is my world, but most specifically, the microcosm of Gotham City is my world. So when it comes to superheroes. And so I didn't know a lot. I tried to do a little bit of research more after the fact because I didn't want to give myself too many spoilers going yeah, into that makes the film. Sense. Um, I knew he was obviously tied to Shazam or Captain Marvel um, a lot. I never know what to call him now. In my mind, he's still Captain Marvel, <laughs> but I guess he's Shazam now. But, uh, <laughs> but I knew he was tied to that. I knew he was part of that, um, that franchise and that world, if you will. I wasn't really sure if he was just a straight up villain or an anti-hero and apparently yeah, the, that's kind of evolved over time so yeah the impression i get is that he started out definitely a villain i know there's mm-hmm. an animated short uh that's like superman shazam the return of black adam i think is the name it's great by the way it's on hbo max this podcast brought to you by hbo max <laughs> and um uh it's it's like 14 minutes long highly recommend if anyone wants to go find that out there and in that it's straight up he shows up and he's like, I have to kill Shazam because I am entitled to that power. And that's why I'm here. And it's like, okay, so you're just, you're just mean. Um, Yeah. Just straight up evil. Okay. And then I kind of, I kind of like, I know there are some comics that sort of resolve to the place that this movie kind of left it, which is my favorite status quo for a black Adam is basically look, you do some terrible things that we don't agree with, but we can mm-hmm. tell that you're doing them for noble reasons. You're protecting Kondok. And it's like, we probably could beat you, but it's really not fun to fight you. So please just stay in Kondok. We don't want to deal with you. Yeah, and it's I, that I, I really kind of like containment that. policy. Yeah, I really like that status quo of, of just please stay there. 
Like, yeah, and kind of jumping all the way to the end, I guess. Um, but I, you know, Amanda Waller at the end, and she's like, oh, yeah. okay, like, that's fine. Like, exactly. She's like, that's fine. Just don't step foot outside of out of your country. Like, if you do that, then we have issues. But as long as you just stay there, you can do what you want. And that's kind of their, like, peace agreement, if you will. Although he doesn't really necessarily agree to it. But... Yeah, you I know, imagine, that's where we're left, and I like. That. I imagine he won't going forward. Yeah, um, I, I am assuming there is more to come, but uh, oh gosh, um, the Justice Society was in this, and uh, yes, they were. They were all great. I really liked all of them. Yeah, I. It was funny. I like I said, I tried to have as few spoilers about this going into it, so I mm-hmm. tried to avoid a lot of you know like articles or. Um, beyond just like the basic trailer um so i knew these characters were here i didn't know much beyond that um we haven't seen the justice society portrayed in a while so that's fun and different yeah that's true let's Um, see where where have i last seen the justice society they are mentioned (laughs) they're mentioned a whole bunch in smallville okay yeah um i i consider myself a multiversal traveler yes (laughs) yeah of the dc world's um i admittedly sadly have not watched smallville and i hear oh, so many good things about it and i think that i would good. really enjoy it it was just I a little bit before my it. time and i hadn't I seen it. it until like a year ago i started watching it. i think okay and yeah. i finished the whole thing like a month ago and my god that was a good time i love smallville yeah i um, hear great things about it um and they've I, like got... I, said, I think i would enjoy it a lot yeah, they've got a justice society, but it's mostly most of them are just there's a painting of the justice society and it's got like gotcha. Dr. Fate and stuff in it. Yeah. But we only meet um Hawkman and Stargirl and a couple of other ones. Um I guess the Justice Society is technically on Stargirl as well, but um I loved Dr. Fate in the Dr. Like the Fate is awesome in this yeah. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate was so good yeah i loved i like dr fate's character in general and i thought that this was a really good portrayal of him i loved the costume i know some people are like oh he doesn't have eyes on the mask i loved it i think it makes it even more mysterious i loved it yeah it's Um, really cool the how shiny that helmet was i don't know if there was cgi involved with that or not but that was like i feel like there had to be and it was really good it was really impressive i just loved his character i think he has one he's one of those character designs that works really well i think in animation and comic books but it's so bright and so yeah so like glamorous almost if you will like everything's so shiny about yeah one would have thought that you couldn't do that in live action yeah but they did it i thought it was great i loved his cape i loved you know they made his cape gold and shiny as well somehow and I just thought it was really, really well done. I liked his magic. It was unique. It wasn't just like, oh, it's Doctor Strange, but it's yeah. not. Like it was yeah, they did very unique stuff. in his, like how his magic visually is interpreted. And I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And he nailed the attitude of it too. Yes. He's very witty and sarcastic and like, you know, a 1940s British man. I love it. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I really like the reference to that he's basically possessed when he's wearing the helmet. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I, I know there's some versions of Dr. Fate where it's just the helmet gives him power mm-hmm. and otherwise he's completely in control. 
I really like the versions where he's not in control and the helmet is kind of in control. Yeah, I think it makes his character a lot more um, exploratory and complex. Yeah, because you're basically having to... You don't know when the helmet's going to let you not be Dr. Fate. So you're kind of sacrificing yourself for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, and that was a big... And that was a big feature on, like, the Young Justice TV show. Um, And that's, you know, Dr. Fate is kind of prominent in that first season. Um, And, I guess, moving forward as well. But, yeah, and so that was a fun interpretation to see him in contrast to, like, other iterations. And I think that really expanded my understanding of Dr. Fate um, as a character growing up, you know, and watching that show. And so... Yeah, I just loved it. I thought Dr. Fate was great. I thought Hawkman was really fun. Oh, Hawkman um, was fun. His suit was great. This I is really the first that. time that I've enjoyed seeing Hawkman in something. <laughs> I <laughs> Really? He, okay. He is like my least favorite part of everything I've ever seen him in until now. Okay. And I really liked him in this. What is the the drawback for you with Hawkman typically? I, I think he is usually gruff and over serious to the point of being boring okay but this time we got to see him gruff and over serious just to the point of creating a hilarious dynamic with other people yeah okay him and um uh noah's character adam adam smasher um they were a fun dynamic i thought yes Um, they didn't give him a lot to do, Adam Smasher, in my opinion. Um, he's a fun character to introduce. Um, hopefully we'll get to see more of both him and Cyclone in the future. Um, they were definitely kind of backseat characters, I kind of felt like, for this. It's like, we introduce them, we show that they have potential. It's like, you know, they're kind of like a superhero in training, and we get to see them a little bit in action and kind of get their feet wet, and that was nice. Um but yeah, him and Hawkman had a fun interaction that I yeah for enjoyed. what for what little they gave those two to do the performers made a great impact. Yeah, they did definitely, and there was some chemistry there that was really nice. I think that could have been really like unnecessary. Um, yeah, like their whole characters I think could have been really boring if there wasn't that chemistry that they brought to it. So I thought that was nice because I mean there's those scenes like when they're in the ship, um, the spaceship. Thing that I can't remember the name of, but um, yeah, they're in the the flying ship, and um, there's just those scenes like with the two of them, and like that could have been like really slow and kind of dead airtime. Um, but they they had fun with it, and I'm glad that they left it in for that because it gave their characters a little bit more of a dynamic, which was fun. Yeah, they 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 managed to play that off, and yeah, you make a good point with if if they hadn't been so good at playing that, that would have been. Oh really? We're doing the vaguely flirtatious thing with the two right. random side characters to right. kill time. Okay, but yeah. they sold it real well. Yeah, especially in the when they're in there um, with Amon, you know, and he's like in the middle medical makeshift medical lab or whatever in their yeah. ship, and they're working on that. And I really enjoyed that moment between the two of them when they were talking about like the nanobots and. All of that was really, I just thought that was a nice little moment there. Yeah, actually, sweet. For them. Yeah, it was kind of like, I, you know, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but essentially she was like. Yeah, where really... she's like, you can restructure your atomic whatever to <laughs> yeah. become giant. 
and nano and the the whole world still fascinates you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a cool line. Yeah, I enjoyed but I enjoyed her character. I admittedly knew very little if next to nothing about the cyclone character. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know anything beyond what I saw in this movie. Yeah, but she was really fun. I loved the visuals they gave with her because wind can be really boring as well yeah. as like a power because it's wind. I mean, it's not visible. Like it's not a visual. We see the effects of it, but it is not a f- inherently physical thing. And so I think taking that creative choice of kind of incorporating her her uniform of uh, those colors and mixing that into it as like the visuals of her powers. I thought that was really cool. Um, I really liked that. Or I guess I should say, I thought that was really keen. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, yeah, it was, that was good. I liked, that was the most interesting I've ever seen wind powers done in in anything probably. Yeah, especially yeah. for live action. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's easier with animation because you have no limits. CGI isn't really a factor necessarily when you're doing animation. You can do whatever you want, you know? Yeah, that makes um, sense. But for live action, I think to do that and incorporate CGI that doesn't just look really like obviously like distracting, um, but also or just like completely ignoring like that it's wind and like making it essentially something else for a visual effect. I thought it they did a nice job of avoiding both of those extremes. Yeah, I guess yeah, I was just realizing that I was like, oh, we should talk about the plot. And then I started to realize <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> and then I started to realize there's not enough of one to really go into depth about anything meaningful on the plot. Like, yeah, it meanders I like about it anyway. as much as our conversation is right now. Uh, it's it's <laughs> fine. It's it's enjoyable. Um, so the plot basically, I I did like. Okay, wait. What is the plot? Let's let's slow down and lay it out. Yeah. We've got Black Adam. Uh, we are told in the prologue that Black Adam was a slave, and then he was about to be killed, and he was chosen by the wizards, and he killed the the tyrant. And no one ever heard from him again. Right. And he was he was buried as the as the great champion. We later find out that's not quite true. And um, so he gets resurrected in the modern day. And there's a whole bunch of fun stuff. And then him conflicting with the uh, Justice Society. And then we've got this race to get the crown. The magic crown that the tyrant made thousands of years ago. Which is, yeah, sure. We've got a MacGuffin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't it doesn't matter. The fun part is the rock fucking up the Justice Society. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's where, where you the, have fun. You get the action, you know, and yeah, that's where the that's where the meat of this film is, is the action and the conflict between everyone likes to see superheroes fight or you know, super powered people fight. Yeah, and then we get um this kind of two twists the first one is that the guy who's been trying to get the crown is like the last descendant of the tyrant yeah and... which i was like oh i'm watching national treasure now or like any yeah. other archaeology exploring film ever <laughs> they're guaranteed there's gonna be a bad person on the team so yeah bad yeah. bad person who's a direct descendant of the person that makes him feel worthy of the magical treasure convenient and sure fine okay i whatever but then we get the the kind of the more interesting twist of black adam was never chosen by yeah the wizards it was his son who was chosen and then his son gave the powers to him to save his life 
Like that was cool. I don't know if that's anywhere in any comic book and I don't care. That yeah. was a well done emotional beat and I appreciate the twist. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. I think it gave a little more depth to Hip's character, obviously. Um, and it was a plot twist that I actually didn't see coming. Um, as opposed to, like I said, kind of like the, oh no, there's a, you know, we're being betrayed on the archaeology <laughs> hunt for the most powerful item in the world. Um, or, you know, like, it's like, okay, like that was pretty expected, you know. Um and we don't even know who that character is long enough to care. That was the one thing about the, like, like they were like, oh, you're betraying us. I'm like, we've seen this man for a total of like five minutes of screen time. <laughs> like I, I don't have like an emotional attachment to this betrayal. Um, yep. But this one, we get to see like the backstory and we kind of get like multiple iterations of the past happening, you know, and kind of like that telephone game of like, we start at the end and we work our way back to, like what people have been told and think what happened, you know, now in the present day, going all the way back to, oh, well, you know, there was actually this thing happened along the way. And I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. I thought that was fun. Yeah. And one other place where the movie legitimately surprised me was Black Adam kind of resigning himself after accidentally hurting the kid. And then he's mm, like, yeah, okay. you know, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do Black Adam anymore. I'm going to say the word. Uh, yeah i didn't really expect it to be that easy (laughs) but it was (laughs) and and Uh, of course they need him and he has to come back and that was cool i thought they were about to end the movie well he was he was in the thing thank you yes i definitely did too and they're saying he'll never speak the word again i was like oh shit that's a like, hell of a way to wow. end this movie. Yeah, I was like, wow, I guess we're just wrapping up. Okay. Like, here we go. I was go. like, a bit short, and I kind of missed the narrative arc of a third act, but you yeah. know what? I'm okay with it. And then, yeah. then they kept going from there, and I was like, this is fine too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen Into the Woods, the musical. I have not. Okay. It's kind of like that. It gave me the same feeling of the first time I saw Into the Woods. Because that's how exactly how that musical was for me as well. It's like you watch it and then it's huh. just like, oh, it's the end. And then you're like, just kidding. There's a whole other <laughs> act. And it's oh, completely that's... different than everything you've just seen. And you're like, oh, okay. So, and that's kind of how this was too. So, that's but I liked fun. it. Yeah. I like um, that it was that way. I think it was fun to tack that next act on at the end for sure. I really enjoyed the killing versus no killing thing. That's always fun in superhero lore. I've actually very recently just rewatched the episodes of Daredevil where we have Daredevil have that debate with the Punisher mm-hmm. and also uh, Superman versus the Elite, another great animated movie available on HBO Max. This podcast brought to you by HBO Max. And um, uh, yeah, they have, I, they have that ahead. debate there as well. Uh, killing versus no killing. And I always like hearing that debate. Yeah, it's definitely uh prevalent i think in comics um as you mentioned i and i know more about dc than i do about marvel um to be fair i mean i watched the films but like i didn't grow up with marvel have you seen uh, have you seen daredevil the show i have not no i have not um so it seems to me like that topic gets brought up a lot in dc and i don't know if it does as much in marvel as it does i mean i know you just mentioned daredevil and the punisher um I don't know if it's as, I feel like in Marvel from the movies, I've seen at least, you know, and also they're geared to be very much more 
like kind of family friendly as well. So yeah, in the in the movies, they don't seem to really get into that moral debate very often. It is yeah. clear that Spider Man will not kill anyone. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't want anyone to die, but he never has like an argument with Tony about right. that it's wrong for Tony to kill people. Yeah, even though like Tony essential... kills a lot of people. Yeah, and like yeah, because like with Spider Man, we get that backstory, you know, the Uncle Ben, and like oh, I don't kill people because you know guilt and like that's bad and your actions have consequences and those kind of things um not to underplay that but <laughs> but yeah, that's an important lesson kids um, <laughs> but it seems like in dc it's an integral part of a lot of the characters you know we have superman being a prime example of like you know the most powerful person on in the galaxy if you will right yeah. you know like very easy for him to kill someone even accidentally and he has to go out of his way to be conscientious about that and not <laughs> yeah, do that leads to the one of the best monologues in the dcau yes yeah with him and dark side um when he has yeah he says he can finally not hold back uh um, yep. yeah exactly and batman of course maybe is the pinnacle example of you know uh, uses violence but not death as a weapon for justice and um I don't know. So it's, yeah, I'm, we see that theme here. Uh, very heavy, very prevalent. And it's obviously... always, it's always interesting to me because depending on the situation, depending on the argument being displayed, depending on, you know, who's being written, who who's narratively supposed to be right. Mm -hmm. You always wind up with a slightly different idea on whether or not the killing is necessary or, or wrong. Cause like in Superman versus the elite, um, they they have a scene uh, where, not to spoil too much of this movie in case mm -hmm. you or anyone else wants to go see it. Have you seen it? No, I've okay. heard good things about it. Yeah, I have not seen um, it. Where basically uh, a criminal that Superman had put away apparently several times gets out and kills someone mm -hmm. again. And so now people are starting to blame Superman mm -hmm. for that guy's death. And it's like, that's interesting. I don't know if, you know, and... And at some point, at some point, someone says to Superman, like, if you think that you can change the world without killing anyone or that you can actually do any permanent good without killing anyone, you're living in a dream world. And wow. he responds, good. Dreams save us. They lift us up and inspire us to achieve what could be. That's a great line. Mm, interesting. And and it's like, like okay, so am I on that side of it, or am mm -hmm. I on Black Adams? Yeah, Black Adam is definitely his... on the uh, killing is uh, required, if not maybe enjoyable from time to time. Yeah, uh, and I <laughs> and I really liked um, the mother's um, line in this movie where she says, "There is no morality here. I'm mm -hmm. only protecting my son." Like mm -hmm. anything that has to happen for that goal is the right thing to do. I'm like, yeah, that's and I think that's an very interesting view. Grounded. Yeah, it's well, it's grounded, and I think that that's how someone would respond in that situation. Like, yeah, especially a non-superpowered individual who is surrounded by this madness of these superheroes coming in and you know deciding now they're going to implement their worldview on this country that's been under you know military occupation and yeah know, uh, all a... these things it, there's a lot of factors going on and she's just like okay you know that's all great but like my <laughs> son's been kidnapped and i literally could could not care less about 
all of your ideological battles right now. Like I yeah. just put my son back. And I think that's a, that's a real raw, normal reaction, I think, um, in that situation. And so, yeah, I appreciate that for sure. It's and, not and that's like, like she's, she's not caught up in that debate. She does not care. Yeah. She doesn't care about the debate at all. And that's a great thing to bring up when she's confronting the justice society about where were you when we got invaded seven times in however many years or whatever yeah, it was. I think they said like 20 some years, like they've been under military occupation and, you know, and no it's like, yeah, where were you? And mm-hmm. I liked, I kind of wish they'd hit that a little bit harder because I really liked the reference to the kind of pretty consistent, I think, uh, policy in the comics of both the justice league and justice society of, we can't interfere with state affairs. Yeah. It's like, a, we'll, we'll stop super villains and world ending threats. But if a military kills another military, that's on them. We can't do anything to stop it. And it brings right. up the fascinating moral debate of, are they obligated to stop that? Because right. they'll stop everything else. And yeah. why won't they stop that? What's different? Yeah. And the difference is taking away the human's free will and the state's free will. Mm-hmm. But is that right? That's that's kind of my favorite thing about um, the moral quandary of injustice. Yeah. Um, do you know much about the injustice uh, timeline? I want to say that I do, but then I'm going to make myself look dumb if I'm wrong. So I will <laughs> let you for for everyone else in the room. Um, yeah, for, for you, d- dear listener, <laughs> um, dear listener, since I know you were uh, unacquainted with injustice, uh, the the two people listening to this <laughs> might not. I don't know, but. Uh, I really like about Injustice that basically we start out with standard Justice League Superman and then Lois dies through a horrific event mm-hmm. along with all of Metropolis. It is vaporized. It's gone. Yeah. The Joker did it. And then yeah. Superman kills the Joker. And this kind of, this one moral action kind of sends him over that line and he decides... And I think it's kind of fun to phrase it like this. He takes the concept of with great power comes great responsibility and draws that to its absurd conclusion, mm-hmm. which is I have the power to end the war in the Middle East, so I should. And mm-hmm. it's like, so he does. He levels entire armies and he's like, that's it. The war's over. None of you can hurt each other anymore. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a fascinating concept because that's what Black Adam would do. It's, yeah, it's exactly. what he does yeah. here. Yeah, he, he ends the the, the uh, occupation. It's an interesting dichotomy, and especially when you add in um, the character of Amanda Waller as kind yeah. of the behind the scenes, because her, you know, she's very much involved in state affairs, and that's pretty much her only um, agenda item of importance is state affairs. Um, yep, and so you mix that with her her relationship with the justice society mixed with, and that's, you know, yeah, it's a fascinating clash of worldview and ideology when it comes to uh, superheroes role in politics and a superhero's role in international relations. And that's, you know, thankfully that's not really something that applies in our real world on the, yeah. you know we don't I'm, have superman I'm so to... glad i don't need to wonder about the actual ethics yeah of these but it creates types of people i think it creates a situation to have important conversations and debates that 
you know, maybe people shy away from in other situations. People don't like to talk about politics. People don't like to talk about um, philosophy and those things, um, especially in social settings, you know, it's uncomfortable and like yeah. it can lead to conflict that, you know, and I totally understand that. But when you put it in this fictional concept and you add these um, super realist, beyond realistic, um, like situations and elements into it, um, yeah, it kind of it kind of opens that dialogue up again without maybe um, as much of the conflict that would maybe be there otherwise, or the emotional attachment that would be there otherwise. And so I do think that that's the important power of like comic book storytelling to a degree. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I, going back to my original point, now that I've gotten off that <laughs> that little bunny trail there. Um, yeah, I think Amanda Waller, uh, first of all, let me just be very clear. Amanda Waller is my favorite and I will arguably say the best part of these DC um, cinematic universe movies. <laughs> DC I, extended cinematic yeah. master what? world universe of yeah. connected worlds. Yeah, and hereafter referred universes. to as the Snyderverse for <laughs> ease, <laughs> even though he's not connected to all these films, they're all connected to the Justice League Snyder movie. So I, that's I what I'm going to call it. I certainly hope so. I, I remember that I've just designated it Earth 26 until someone gives me a better Perfect. designation because 26 Great. is uh, Z is the last letter, the 26th letter, and Z Perfect. for Zach. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, oh, I'll, just I call it, okay. I'll just call it Earth 26 until like someone that. tells me something else. I like it. Okay, so my favorite part of Earth 26, cinematic universe of Earth 26 is Amanda Waller. <laughs> um, and I just, she's fantastic. I mean, the character in general, also, you know, Viola Davis is amazing. Viola Davis is incredible. Um, I love her. I love her work as Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller is a character that's finally getting, like, the the notoriety and the appreciation that she deserves. I mean, she's a fantastic and important character in DC comics. She got that a lot, you know, for the first time, I think it, um, with like the justice league TV show and animation, yep, the, the DCAU has some epic Waller story. Yes. Lines. Yeah. And that was like her first real, I mean, that was her first on screen of any kind appearance. That's um, cool. That oh yeah, of. that would be. <laughs> and yeah. it really like, like thrust her into more common knowledge um, of DC viewers. And now with her on the big screen and, you know, being interpreted in live action, I I'm just really happy to see. I and mean, that character is so powerful <laughs> in the DC world, you know, as someone, especially who does not have superpowers, um, she is undeniable. I mean, she's like, in my mind, she is a Lex Luthor level character. She is powerful. She is, very intelligent, very influential, and always kind of behind the scenes and a very gray um, character. She doesn't really have sides. She's on her own side. You know, she's, she's, yeah, on, Ameri true. she's she, on America's side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she is the epitome of what... She is the epitome of the ends justify the means. Uh, Absolutely. She, she's yeah. got these goals that she views as what's best for the world, which may or may not ultimately be the right thing to do, but right. they are with the purpose of securing the nation and keeping people safe. But she will do absolutely any number of horrifying things to achieve this goal. Yeah. And the ability that she has to intimidate and uh, pacify and really just, for a lack of a better word, manipulate or control 
all of these much more physically powerful people than her. I mean, she is just a average person. She has no super abilities. Yeah. She, you know, but she, I mean, the Justice Society answers to her, like clearly. <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, her di- her dismissal of Hawkman at the beginning was interesting and uh, that yeah, was hilarious. Very to me. interesting to me. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how the Justice Society answers to her, but it's fascinating. Well, I don't know if they're the Justice Society of America in this world or if they're just the Justice Society. So I don't know if there's that, like, national ties, like in the old comics. That wasn't made clear. They don't call themselves the Justice Society of America. So... You know what? I I don't know. I think when they give the kid a t-shirt... It says Justice Society of America on it. Does it? Okay. I'm pretty sure it said JSA. Okay. Well, then that would maybe explain if they are like under that national banner, you know, maybe they're a government sanctioned, obviously, clearly to some degree, a government um, sanctioned operation. But um, yeah, she's great. I'm really glad that she made an appearance to this. I wasn't, I didn't know that she was going to be in this, I guess. Um, I don't know why, but I just didn't know that she was going to be in this and yeah i, was I just really i had no i had no reason to assume she would be and it was cool yeah to see her. and it was brief it was just a couple quick things you know it's always like on a screen but... like when you're watching peacemaker you're like i bet waller shows up somewhere in this series <laughs> but not this yeah yeah and then we get um amelia harcourt um who's in peacemaker um you know who's kind of amanda waller's i don't know if she's like her her right hand you know operator if she's a little more down the chain but we have her as well and i think that that's great yeah that was Um, some good continuity yeah so that was great i loved it i think everyone did a great job in in this film um i will say aman was a little his acting was uh, probably the weakest part of this film. (laughs) yeah it's a kid (laughs) he's a child and that's fine you know like it wasn't bad it wasn't it was gonna happen every now and then there were a little a odd deliveries. actor who's yeah, I was whatever. just like, well, that was an interesting delivery choice, but you know, they probably <laughs> did a couple takes and decided that was fine. So that was fine. You know, I think he will if he stays with acting. Um, and his character canonically with like the comics becomes a superhero, right? Ooh, I or did like not know this. Something like that. I was trying to look this up afterwards, look up these characters. Um, I believe he becomes um what's the name of it i looked it up here osiris um, oh interesting yeah who's like kind of like the the protege i guess to black adam um or i don't know if that's the correct term protege necessarily but you know sidekick protege cohort whatever um that's very uh, black adam so that was kind of fun um to see that they integrated that as well as his mother i believe is um, I, wa- I was familiar with Isis, you know, Black Adam's wife or um, female counterpart. I believe wife in almost every interpretation. Mm, but, probably. Um, so I'm assuming that they'll play along with that moving forward as well. You know, they clearly yep. wanted to make them a love interest to some degree, um, you know, by making him kind of like a surrogate father to Amon and all that. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I liked that a lot. I liked the the references there. But again, you don't have to know that to enjoy the film. Yeah, same thing with like name dropping inner gang. From like, yeah. oh, cool, inner gang. We're yeah. dealing with them. And I was also matter. that's exactly that was exactly my reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I immediately because I, I was watching it with with my girlfriend, who's she's seen some things, but not nearly as many. And yeah. so they they mentioned inner gang. I was like, oh, inner gang. And she's like, what? I was like, I'll have to 
tell you later. It's something mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, it was a great tidbit of like thrown in there for the people who are DC fans and like, but at the same time, if you don't know who Nerd Gang is, it doesn't really change the plot at all. Like, yeah, that's true. But it's there and it's a fun bit, and I'm glad that that Easter egg was in there. Uh, okay, gosh, what what's what's left? I guess. The I Demon guess King. then we do, yeah, we do Demon <laughs> King, where the big, the big plot twist, the third plot twist is that he wanted Black Adam to kill him, so yeah. the devil could put him back on I Earth with the crown as a devil power. With the he's got he's a, a demon man fire creature. It was this, it was stupid. Yeah, it didn't make any <laughs> sense. It gave me like flashbacks to Justice League. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and like just like the weird cgi with the like what's happening like at the finale like final battle thing uh, what was his goal i mean I, I still don't understand like so if he was the leader of conrock were they gonna try and take over the world were they yeah just like what what i yeah. i don't really i'm that part that kind of the plot fell apart to me but you know you get to fight skeleton people and yeah like, then we get you know we get the the unity of Kondok all teaming up to fight yeah. skeleton things i also absolutely love that dr uh dr fate tells um i forgot his name the uncle that yeah this isn't how you die you die from electricity <laughs> and where yeah. he goes well, how the hell am i supposed to stay away from electricity i'm an electrician but then yeah. I absolutely love that he's then super confident fighting the demons. And oh, yeah. he yells, it's okay. I die from electricity. Yeah, I <laughs> love that as well. Yeah. The yeah, there was a lot of humor in the last <laughs> bit um, that was enjoyable. And even though I feel like that was like kind of when everything kind of started to fall apart for me. But again, <laughs> it was action. At that point, you're just there to see you know what's going to happen. Everybody knows what's going to happen at that point of the film. You know yes, that... and then Black Adam shows back up right. in a much cooler suit. Yes, you know he's coming back. You know that that battle's going to happen and he's going to win. Like, like it's... That, that it's just a gratification thing. Like, you know what's going to happen and you just want to see it. And... I did, they did get me with Hawkman apparently dies and then there's yeah. a million of them. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's a Dr. Fate trick. To check that out. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that as well, especially since they show that same scene, like, th- what, four, five times before? Yeah, they keep showing happens. us the multiple. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, in, in Dr. Fate's vision, he keeps seeing yes. that moment of, of uh, Hawkman being killed. Interesting. I love that. I liked that as well. I like that they showed, again, kind of the possession of, like, like, it takes over his mind, you know. And I like that we show that kind of sprinkled in along the way, but it's also not dwelled upon. Like, it's not this, like, we have this whole dream sequence or anything. It's just kind of like, okay, like, we get it. The Helmet of Fate is interesting. I very much hope that if the DC universe on film manages to revamp here and actually go somewhere this time, Mm -hmm. um, I hope that the Helmet of Fate plays a role somewhere again, because I love the Helmet of Fate as a concept. Um, yeah. Are you familiar at all with the Arrowverse stuff? I watched season one of okay. Arrow. Yeah. So I am I am somewhat familiar. I kind of fell off the wagon after season one, but yeah. Uh, the the Helmet of Fate does exist in that world, and it awesome. has one of my favorite lines about it. Is it's in the Constantine show in the first episode. There's this girl that he's trying to protect, and he's brought her to this magic house, and she sees the Helmet of Fate, mm. and she like picks it up briefly. 
And he says, I'd put that down, love, before it puts you down. <laughs> it was a great line. Nice. Yeah. Like, I, I love Dr. Fate's character. I love the magic can get silly really fast. Okay. Um, like I <laughs> openly understand that. And I, I like the, the way it's done with Dr. Fate and the way it's like, it's mystical and it's fun, but like there is a seriousness to it as well. And I appreciate that, you know, like, it's like, you're dabbling with something you don't understand, like kind of thing. Like, you know, there's consequences for magic and it's not just like, I don't know, you know, like magic can be taken really like far and silly in some instances of like superhero stuff. Like it can be the solution for everything kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you make it too, if you use it a little bit too much, you wind up with a, with a, a, uh, tension destroying concept exactly yeah but it, with with dr fate's character i feel like it's always pretty balanced and mitigated and it shows like that there's consequences for magic it's not just like this you know like oh i use pixie dust fairy whatever and now i'm you know i have this magical artifact and i can do whatever <laughs> i want and that's great kind of thing so yeah so i really liked his character and i liked the balance of that i liked when again like what you said with the arrowverse like um, Cyclone, when she's like, I wouldn't touch that if I were you, you will probably die. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. I really like, um, I guess we'll just, yeah, then he, he rips the demon guy in half, which was mm -hmm. cool. That was just a good effect. I liked it. Yeah, and there's more lore in this. Yeah. Yeah. I was then it's I was like, surprised. it's a balance between what we've seen with something like Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brutal <whichever> one. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, obviously, are very gory, you know, intentionally graphic to try and appeal to that, you know, demographic um, and make DC seem more gritty, I guess. Um, but you, it's kind of in between that and like a Marvel movie, like, yeah. like a normal, like you probably wouldn't have seen the things that we saw in this in a Marvel movie, but it's not enough to like bump it into that next rating so yeah it's it's just it's just surprisingly dark for what it is yeah and, like i was a little I, surprised at the very I like, like that range yeah. yeah and i thought it was fine i think it's i think it's a balance of like it's not like gory gory like we're not like you know it's not suicide squad which was a lot <laughs> but um yeah but it's also like yeah there's some blood like you know yeah people die like we don't like not everybody lands in the water situation <laughs> yep and so. then we get a then we get a cool 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 moment of I guess you've got the throne of conduct now and then he destroys it. Yeah. And he's like, "Nope, I'm just here to protect them. I'm not mm -hmm. going to rule them." I'm like, "Good on you." That's, yeah, which again is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, of is he I mean, he's kind of the de facto leader anyway, like at least, you know, with intergang presumably run out of the country like i mean he's going to be the de facto leader temporarily at least yeah and that's so that's an interesting dynamic to leave it off on of like okay he said he's not going to be in control but he's also like the hero so is it going to be a i'm assuming they're going to try and implement a democracy of some kind like is that going to work out like there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that could go, you know, and that's kind of exciting that they left it up that way. Kind of like, okay, well, we're going to try democracy and, you know, maybe that's going to work. Maybe it's going to not. Maybe there's going to be some power other, you know, there's always going to be a power hungry person. So maybe we see it go that way and you have a clash between Black Adam and like a political figure who don't see eye to eye and he can't just kill him because he's <laughs> the leader of the country. So yep. Um, I don't know. Like, there's a lot that could be set up there, and he's not allowed to leave, 
you know, according to Amanda Waller. It, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, don't know. Was I liked cool the ending. I thought the ending was great. I thought it was a nice way to wrap it up, but also leave it open ended. Yeah, then, and, of then, course... and then Teth Adam is a bit of an outdated name. Well, what are you going with? And then Q title card. Brilliant. Uh, love yeah. when they do that. Yeah. Um, that's that's the cool way to do it. The bad way to do it is the way Fantastic did it. Um, <laughs> that was a dumb way to do it. This is a cool way to do it. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it as well. I, I and that they brought it up earlier as well. They were like, "You need a different name," but yeah, they said that once They kind of just kept before. putting it off. Yeah, mm. and. Uh, and then we get to talk about the post credit scene where yes. Waller um, uh, is like, you, I liked her phrasing. You don't yeah. want to stay in my prison? Fine. Condock's your prison. Stay yeah. there. Yeah. And, and he's like, uh, what's funny is I accurately predicted this line. I was talking to my mom and I was like, if Superman were to show up in this movie, I don't know that he is, but if he does, I need a line. I got wrong. Who would say it? Mm-hmm. I, I said, I need a line of him saying, no one on Earth can stop me. Mm-hmm. And have Superman say, well, luckily I'm not from Earth. Mm-hmm. And okay. I was like, Fantastic. I want that to be the line. And then that was the line. <laughs> I I loved it. I didn't see the, that whole dialogue coming at all. So I loved <laughs> it because, I mean, Amanda Waller, again, I cannot praise Amanda Waller a lot enough. I think she is an incredible, you know, whether or not you agree with her methods or her goals per se, I think as a character, she is fantastic and they're writing her well and I appreciate it. Um, But I will stop fanboying about Amanda Waller and say (laughs) that, I mean, her delivery of those lines was fantastic. I did not see it coming at all. So props to you. I did not see it coming. He said, you know, no one (laughs) on this planet can stop me. And she's like, yeah, well, I can call in a favor. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. And there's yeah, the, I love the yeah. reveal that Superman was apparently just kind of there, just hanging out, yeah. watching Black Adam have this conversation mm-hmm. with Amanda Waller. And then, um, and then he yeah. gets his one line. Um, he says, Black Adam, it's been a while since anyone's made the world this nervous. I like that he's probably referring to himself. Yeah, I would imagine. He says that. I would imagine it would have to be. I mean, yeah. Uh, the, just the general plot of Batman versus Superman. And how exactly. scared everyone was of the concept of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Black Adam, we need to talk. That's cool. Yep. He looks so good at yeah. Superman. Yeah, I... My I mean, God, I've waited for this. Yeah, I mean, he is Superman. Like, he's, he's great at the role. I mean, he's... Yeah, he, he was born to play Superman. He's fantastic. He cares about the character. I mean, Henry Cavill's like a big nerd. So like, you know, he cares about the character. He understands the character and he's excited to play the character. And yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy to see him return as Superman. I think that hanging up his cape before, you know, with only a couple films and with the universe ongoing would have been sad. I was, I would have been very sad if we didn't see him. Yeah, it's that dude deserves to keep being Superman. I've been saying this for a while. I need him yeah. to get more Superman time. <laughs> yeah. And also, he's looking a little bit older, but it works. Yeah, it, it I mean, works. Superman doesn't right. have to be young. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I yeah, think Yeah, okay, great. I vibe with 40-year-old Superman. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited to see him return. I don't know if that means we're getting, like, Superman films, or if that means we're just getting more group hero films um so the talk so far is that they are hoping 
The reason I say hoping is because mm-hmm. I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't. I the yeah. Batgirl the Batgirl thing messed me up, man. Until uh, until I'm I in know. the theater, I don't trust you, DC. I was so excited for Batgirl too. I was so excited. I mean, going back to again, Gotham City is like my you know my home DC mm-hmm. world, and I was very excited to see Batgirl get her own film. Batgirl but... from the animated series was my first childhood animated crush. Oh, there you um, go. And so I was like, I need to see a Batgirl movie. And then they didn't give me a Batgirl movie. And I am sad. Uh, But so they they are apparently talking about they're going to do at least one Superman movie with Henry Cavill. Um, And and I'm like, oh, please, please do it. Please do it. And name it something really cool, like Man of Tomorrow or or something. Yeah. Man of Tomorrow would be great. I love that. I also really like, uh, there has been a lot of debate about that they made the colors too bright or something to be the Snyder version or that they used the John Williams music. I don't care. (laughs) That's Superman right there on the screen. Yeah. I don't care which music he used. I do prefer that a character keeps their musical identity. It would have been cool to hear the Hans Zimmer theme. I love the Hans Zimmer theme. Um, but we're getting into Jordan's musical minute here. No, um, I wanted to jump on that though. We didn't talk about music in the film and I 100% want to hear your thoughts on, on the music this... in this film as the music, resonant music <laughs> The theme is so cool. Yeah. Um, also, there's, it sounds a lot like the Moon Knight theme at the beginning. So every time I try to hum one, I accidentally hum the other one. <laughs> and I keep getting them mixed up in my head, but I love both of them. Uh, but the groove of this Black Adam theme is just so cool. And the the uh, the uh, Justice Society theme that he came up with is also very cool. I it, did enjoy that one a lot, yeah. It kind mm-hmm. of feels like the Justice League Unlimited theme a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's got that guitar and mm-hmm. the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's very cool. It's like Anthem, but rock. Yeah. A little bit. like <laughs> Which is, yeah. The same vibes, definitely. I enjoyed their anthem as well, or their, you know, their thematic music. Yeah, I thought it was great. I immediately went out and put a whole bunch of the Black Adam soundtrack on my playlists so I can listen to them while I drive to work. Nice. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't I don't really have any complaints about this movie other than dumb villain and the standard CGI third third act um, battle with a bland villain that a bunch of these tend to do. But I'd say the same thing about Wonder Woman, and I love okay. Wonder Woman. Oh, I love Wonder so, Woman too. Yeah, it's... that's my favorite of the of this Earth. What did you call it? Twenty six. Earth, Earth, Earth twenty six. Yeah. Um, that I mean, Wonder Woman is my favorite of the. Earth I think films. I would put Man of Steel at the top, and then Wonder okay. Woman very close second. Yeah, I mean, those are like. Yeah, I mean that probably reverse for me. I think Wonder Woman and then Man of Steel, but again, very close. Those are my those are the two top ones uh, for sure. Um, and then this one's not far down. This this one's pretty good. This is a good standalone film. Like I like circling way back to the very beginning of what I said. Like this is a good standalone film. I yeah, it's it's good. You don't need to be a, a encyclopedia of superhero knowledge to see this film. I don't think it's necessarily groundbreaking, I will say, but I don't think it has to be. And I think that that's a high standard to hold a film to, you know, every film can't be a groundbreaking film, but it's entertaining for the, you know, it's not super long. It's, it's well-paced. It's, 
you enjoy when you're watching it. And I think that that, you know, that's what a film is. Most films are for is entertainment. And it is. I'm glad you mentioned the length. It's a very good length. Mm -hmm. Two hours and six minutes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's got a hefty action, but it's not long enough for you to be struggling to hold in your pee by the time you're getting to the credits. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah. And I, I did appreciate that. Um, Oh gosh. I, I like it a lot. There was, there was something that was just, on the tip of my tongue about um, something. Oh, it was about Henry Cavill. Um, just, it was so, it was a, a little bit jarring the first time he walked on screen. I had to like recalibrate my brain because I've been watching The Witcher a lot. Oh, yeah. I've been used to seeing him over there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, holy shit, The Witcher. Yeah. Oh, su- no, Superman. This is Superman. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be jarring. Very different characters. Um also, just since I said the word Cavill, it brought into my ADHD brain that um, it amuses me that enough people don't know how to pronounce Henry Cavill that he put out a, like a seven second video at some point of him just saying Cavill is pronounced like travel. So Cavill, travel. No, there you go. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Though. <laughs> he put out like a seven second video. Just how do that. how do people think it like do they get Cavill like Cavill? I've heard a lot Cavill? of people say it's Cavill. Like Henry but, Cavill, like Cruella Deville, like I, well, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's but funny. yeah, okay. I, I think that's funny that enough people mispronounce it that he put out like a seven second video. Yeah. <laughs> I also have to say his. This is kind of off topic, maybe, but like he doesn't really we, good American. We thrive accent. in off topic here. That that's fair. I welcome <laughs> it. Uh, I I mean, he does a very good American accent for someone oh, to really play good. like the son of Metropolis. You know, like. And very American. I mean, Superman is like an iconic American character, right? Like, yeah, true. Just in the American way. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, for someone who's not American to play that role is, I think, intimidating. <laughs> um, and I think he does a good job of that. Like, he I feel like it's very the American. same. I feel like it's the same as like Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland of trying to play the the all American New Yorker. Yes, yeah. Spider-Man. It's like, yeah. how do you do that? It's I mean, impressive. I would be extremely intimidated if someone was like, you're going to play, like, Australia's greatest hero. I was about, like, I was about uh, to use Australia. No, I'm not. I was like, like we're <laughs> hiring you to be in a Steve Irwin biopic. And I'm like, I yeah. don't think I should do that. <laughs> um, no, I don't want everyone to hate me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, he, I think he does excellently. I mean, obviously it helps that he, like, literally looks just like superman so he looks exactly like superman um and he loves superman you know like he loves the character i i think that's important and that's great i love when actors care about the thing that they get to be in yeah that always makes me happy because that's their attitude it's very much they're like i get to be a part of this and i'm very excited about it and i love that and i think henry cavill brings that very much to he definitely does when he's playing um the role and dwayne johnson as well He's been yes. fighting for this. Mm-hmm. He's he's the whole reason this movie ever got made. Yeah, and I think that that's credit to him. You know, props to him. That's great. I don't know how much of a like DC fan The Rock is, or like if he's a particularly fascinated with this character. But yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, yeah, like he's pushed for this, and you can tell that he's enjoying this film. Like he's yeah, enjoying Johnson, this character. I think I've said it on this podcast before. Dwayne Johnson's one of those guys. That for some reason, there's a handful of people that I don't want to like. Mm -hmm. And then every damn thing they do, I'm like, oh, you're so cool. 
Yeah, well, he's charismatic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's who Dwayne the Rock. I mean, yeah, he's easy to. He's so popular that so well known. I mean, he what? He's like the highest paid like actor, also... if not of the top five or whatever. Like, it's easy to want to be like, yeah, he's overrated. But yeah, he's but he kind does of the last like movie star mm-hmm. where like, oh, the Dwayne Johnson movie's out. We'll go yeah. see the new Dwayne Johnson movie. Yeah, because like I've heard, like I, I, you know, heard someone on the phone talking about, yeah, we're gonna go see the new Dwayne Johnson movie. They didn't mm. say the new DC mm. superhero movie. That's funny. It's okay. the new Dwayne Johnson movie. And I'm like, that's an inch. That's mm-hmm. it's interesting that his name changes the mentality. Mm-hmm. And will it help <laughs> this film? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I think it'll help. And you know what? Does DC need that? Absolutely. Oh <laughs> absolutely yeah, absolutely they do. Uh, as a diehard DC fan, like I am very also self-aware that like, yeah, this is that yeah, they've been struggling. beneficial. I mean, the, hey, the Batman was phenomenal, but that's oh, a whole other so topic. Good. But, um, you know, this is good. So I say that to say this is a decent film. I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think the Batman is groundbreaking, but that's a topic for another day. You've already talked about that. And I listened yeah. to it and it was great. Um, oh, good. But yeah, this is a good film. And it's nice to see DC have some wins um, when I think that people who are fans of DC are kind of used to, <laughs> you know, like being like, oh, well, yeah, that's fine, but Marvel's better, like when it comes to to cinematography. And I, I mean, that's fair. That's a fair statement. But it's nice to see DC kind of back up on its feet again and to have some, some credible films to put back on its belt. Um, yeah, utility I'm belt, happy if with you will. Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy with it. And um, what, oh gosh, so what's next? We've got the next DC movie is I think Shazam, Fury of the Gods coming out in I want to say March. Ooh, um, okay. I think that's the next one. I did say the trailer for it, and it looked decent. And I am sad that I have not seen the first one. That is shame on oh, me. Oh, go see the first one. It's on HBO I... Max. This podcast brought to you by HBO Max. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to see it when it was in theaters. It just didn't happen, you know, casual conflicts and whatnot, and I just ended up missing it. We and got we got the holidays coming up, and it technically counts as a Christmas movie. So there you go. I didn't know that, but I will keep that in <laughs> mind when I force someone to watch it with me. Uh, <laughs> you should. But yeah, I I definitely want to see it. I heard good things about it. I think Shazam, Captain Marvel, whatever is um is a fun character, you know, a... Oh, he's so fun. It's a fun character, and I'm excited to see him get screen time as well. And I was surprised that this movie did not have Shazam in it. It was interesting that I they chose not to that. bring... Sh- you know, this, this is his arch rival, if you will. Um, so it was interesting to have a film that was independent of him. It's kind of like having a... Like a... Well, I was... <laughs> I almost said a Joker movie without Batman, but we did. Um, <laughs> and um, But like, a yeah, it's like a Lex Luthor movie without Superman or a you know, it's weird to have the arch rival without their other half. And so that was an interesting choice, but I don't think it matters as much because more people are not as familiar with those characters. So I think that's okay. And kind of a fun way to do it. You know, they kind of get the characters in their own right. And then if they do meet up, then you kind of get that buildup of like, oh, they're finally going to meet kind of thing. So that's very true. Maybe they will. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Um, yeah, I think that's everything we've got. Uh, I loved Black Adam. I will be seeing it again when it pops up on HBO Max. I will go watch. I will watch it a second time. 
I don't think I'm buying a ticket to see it again. That's nothing against the movie. I'm just on a tight budget right now. Aren't we? Um, oh my if, gosh. if I wasn't, I would go see this again in a theater. I promise the movie is good enough that I would do that. Um, yeah, I had, I had fun. I can't wait to go on YouTube and listen yeah. to all my favorite movie critics talk about how terrible this movie is so I can sit there and <laughs> silently disagree with them as the yeah. fan of Optimist. Yeah, and that's your role, and that's great. <laughs> I, You know, and I think the audience score, when I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and that might still be in the works because it's the opening weekend, you know, but, like, the yeah. audience score was pretty high. Um, yeah, the like audience score was way higher than the, and, the critic score. Yeah, the critic score was a lot lower. It happens I don't, a lot. I didn't dig into why that was. I didn't really look. I just looked at the numbers, but... I yeah, feel I, like for kind of fun popcorn flicks, that happens a lot. Yeah, because critics are going in looking for the depth of the story, and admittedly, yeah. there isn't much in no. this movie. But yeah. that's not what yeah. I was watching it for. Exactly, like I said, it's a low stakes film. You know, low commitment, but it's fun. And you know what? We need movies like that as well. Oh yeah, it's great to have those deep films that you know invoke strong emotions and or strong you know like thought, and that's awesome and that's important, and those are needed as well. But not every film needs to be that, and not every film should be that. And this is a great entertaining story, and it doesn't have the baggage of having to do a lot of research before you go into it, and so it's fun to just grab someone and go see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to tell this story, if you have time. I don't want to go too long. I always have time. I, (laughs) speaking of grabbing a friend, I didn't. Um, I, so I promised to myself, Jordan, uh, a long time ago, Mm -hmm. that I would never go to the movie theater by myself and that's good yeah the reason that i that i I had done that was because when i was like it was middle school or like freshman year i don't remember exactly when Mm -hmm. but i showed up to the movie theater late i was supposed to meet friends it was before i could drive that's how i know it was somewhere around there yeah uh for circumstances outside of my control i ended up being a little bit late to the film not drastically late but it had already started but i you know i got my ticket and i got in um and i couldn't find my friends in the theater because oh, the movie no. had already started oh you know and that social anxiety just like heightens to 11 <laughs> and you're like oh my god i'm standing in the front of the theater and i can't see anyone and i had texted them but you know they were good patrons and they weren't looking at their phone and so i was like oh so i ran all the way to the back it was pretty full theater too yeah and so i ran all the way to the back and i sat in the corner and like one or two seats away from me was this older couple and they just gave me dirty looks the whole time because <laughs> they thought I, they had, that I had snuck into the theater. Um, and so <laughs> I, that was like what I like told myself, I will never, I will never go to the theater by myself because that was my unintentional time of doing that. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I will never do this. But I did to see this film. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I did. You know what? It was great. Um, I... I don't have a lot of friends that want to see DC films in the theater. Oh, that's so um, sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Um, but I've, you know, I get the it. There's superhero. Way. There's superhero like fatigue for some people, and also like just they don't know DC as well as they know Marvel and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, so um, I went, ended up seeing this by myself, and I was hesitant to do it, and I probably would have backed out if I have had not known that I was gonna, or if I yeah, if I had not known I was going to be on this podcast, I probably would have backed out. Right, like. Yeah, uh, but because I was, I was like, you know what? I'm <laughs> gonna do this. It's gonna be fine, and it was fun. I actually enjoyed it. It was like a nice little like me time, nice. and it was great. And I'm glad I did it. So thank you for being the motivation <laughs> to do that. You helped me break a promise, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a good. It was it was good. It was a I'm, good I'm, thing. I'm glad um, I accidentally pressured you into seeing a good movie. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad <laughs> as well. Um, and I did want to see this film. And so it pushed me to not miss it like I did Shazam and actually go see it. Um, but yeah, that was my story. And I was going to say that earlier and I totally forgot, but <laughs> nice. I remembered. All right. That's yeah. I mean, so y- you get it, listener. We we like it. It's it's good. Um, that's that's kind of the premise of this show. Very rarely do we end an episode without the consensus being it's good. Although the Jurassic World Dominion episode with Dylan Pollock, mm. um, that one was a little bit less optimistic. That was one of my weak points as the fandom <laughs> optimist. You'll have to you'll have to click to find out, dear listener. Um, I enjoyed that episode as well. It was <laughs> it was brutal in the best way. I'm glad I didn't see that film, and I got the. <laughs> TLDR yeah, from you all guys. All you needed was our episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was very entertaining, though. It was uh, okay. Um, uh, Keen Machine, are we going with Keen or your real name on this? Yeah, I didn't, Keen I didn't fine. think of that um, before we started. No, yeah. Keen Machine, Keen, KM, whatever. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. Uh, where, can, where can the good people find you if they want to? Um, well, actually, I'm going to take this moment, Jordan. Um, and I did not tell you this beforehand. So, you know, but I, I do have mm. a podcast, actually that I co-host with a friend. And so I'm going to plug that now. I have been probably find me. (laughs) Um, I don't promote it much. So this is actually the first time I've ever like promoted it. I don't like guest speak on podcasts. You know, I've done this one other time. Uh, Nice. So thank you again for having me. Does your podcast do guests? We haven't had any guests yet. I think that's something we definitely would be open to in the future. Um, We just haven't ever, like, we're pretty new. We only have like a handful of episodes out. So cool. what's it called? But yeah, we're open to it for sure. Absolutely. Um, the name of our podcast is Gone Fishing, PH Gone Fishing. <laughs> um, and we are on Instagram at Gone Fishing Pod. And the the synopsis of what we do is we read and dissect and rate and make fun of phishing emails. And <laughs> so like we collect them, we filter out the best ones. And we break them down. We call it the ABCs of fishing. And uh, my co-host and I, I go by the name uh, Red on there, which stands for Robert Edward Herring. That's so Red fun. Herring. I've got a guy who goes by blue over here. I love that. Yeah. So Robert Edward <laughs> Herring or Red for short. And my uh, co-host Catherine Fish or Cat. Um, <laughs> and we break these down. And the ABCs of fishing um, are how we rate them on a scale of 10 for each. So um, then the ABCs are for um, attention grabbing, uh, believability, and charisma, and call to action. So those are our breakdowns that we rate. But it's a lot of fun. Um, We'd be happy to have you swim on over and check us out (laughs) sometime. I will have to go uh, follow that immediately. Dear listener, please check that out. It sounds really cool. as for me, you can find me at Jordan Blue Man. But if you actually just want to vibe with the good vibes and Twitter polls of the Fandom Optimists, you can find us at Fandom Optimists on Twitter. Uh, we are a member of the Hall of Pods podcast network. Uh, there is a link tree in the description of this episode. You click on that and it will take you to all of my amazing podcasting friends. Uh, yeah, you got any You got any like closing remarks? Well... I mean, of course, I can end it off with my favorite catchphrase, but I will first say thank you so much. I will. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun, Jordan. Um, This is the first time we've ever like talked like yeah other, other than other than some some IMs on Instagram and yeah. trading uh, voice clips for <laughs> for yes. Collins to the Jump on the Batwagon podcast. Also, a great podcast to check out, dear listener. 
It's very fun. Yeah, that's where we met. It's great. So um, yeah, thank you so much. I, I really had a great time. And I will end, of course, with my, my favorite go-to phrase of keep it keen. Keep it keen. And until next time, you guys, never apologize for loving your fandom and try to stay optimistic. I'll talk to you next week.